information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue. We the people says the Constitution created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted, signing away our chances. Because we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding. Quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech. When a situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquer basic knowledge of the law. So this is for the people. Law in plain language. Breaking it down for us in layman terms. Deb express and her compassion and will for us to learn not for a check but to address how to win in these streets this show is for you this show is for me it's for the people What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode of For the People, Law in Plain Language with me, Deb Rainey, the compassionate lawyer and sometimes hormonal lawyer <laughs> with my For the People fam, as usual, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet. What's up, fam? What's up, family? Simply the producer, who, by the way, has earnestly begun her Ph.D. program and in a matter of years, she's probably going to make me call her Dr. P- producer Baby or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get him. Simply the producer. And Cece, if I ignore the simply, it will just go away. <laughs> Joining us in the studio are some very special folks from Witness to Innocence. First to my left, and I'm sorry, y'all can't see because this is not video or TV, huh? Mr. David Love, Executive Director of Witness to Innocent. Mr. Love, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure to uh, be here. Thank you for having me. Also here is Kathy Spillman, Director of Marketing and Research for Witness to Innocence. What's up, Kathy? Oh, happy to be here. Next to Kathy is Veronica Castellanos. Did I get it right? Castellanos. Castellanos. She's Latina. Project Assistant with Witness to Innocence. What's up, Veronica? Spanish too. Hola, <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot to warn anyone, everyone, that if you're in the studio, Deborah's going to put a mic in your face at some point. Sorry so, about that. So. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for joining us. And if you didn't know, you better ask somebody. You're listening to Law and Playing Life. Strike that. Oh, wow. For the people, <laughs> Law and Playing Language on www.gtownradio.com. Gtown, the what? The sound from Germantown. yeah. Before we get started, as usual, this time in the show, I usually give you a brief rundown of what we did last week. Last week, if you guys saw the graphic, it was hilarious. Renee put a big, giant, capital OMG on the graphic, and underneath it said, Oh, my God, Dad don't have a script. Dad's unsupervised. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, essentially, last week's show was my opportunity to vent and rant and rave 
and I talked about some of the legal issues that my clients throw at me that drive me crazy. For y'all that don't know, my new rule, if you 35 and over, you are not allowed to sell drugs anymore. You must get an adult crime. That's my new rule. <laughs> Listen to that podcast from last week. You can check it out on www.forthepeople.podomatic.com or you can go to my website, deborahreddylaw.com and click on talk radio. Tonight we have these folks with us from a wonderful organization, Witness to Innocence. They're going to give us a brief synopsis about what their organization does, what they're about. But what I think is most fascinating and just fan-fucking... <laughs> Put my five quarters in the that cup, one, my bad. Yeah, that one's about a dollar fifty. Fantastic is that, and check me if I'm wrong, Veronica, Kathy, and David. Mm. The board of directors is made up exclusively, exclusively of exonerees. Is that right? Well, actually, not exclusively, but uh, a large number of them are, including the uh, chair and the vice chair, because yes. we believe in empowering exonerees and not just dictating to and them. And that so. is just fantastic. And if that. you don't know, an exoneree, as we're using in our con- discussions tonight, is a person who was wrongly convicted, sent to death row, and by the grace of God, was exonerated. All y'all out there listening, any of you exonerees out there listening, God bless you. We love you. We're here for you. Sure. Before we get started, I never pay attention to the graphics that Renee put for, out for the show. Somebody tell me what the title of the show is called tonight. I don't know. She's looking at me. She made the shit and she don't know. It's called it's like, It <laughs> says, <laughs> Deb is with David Love from... You suck. <laughs> you have no idea. says, get me out of jail now. <laughs> It was actually their logo. I actually started class today, so you got their logo. Kathy, what's your logo, darling? Our logo? Uh Of course, our shirt there. Witness to Innocence from Death Row to Freedom. Okay. That's it. And let's forgive the soon-to-be, let's forgive the soon-to-be doctor, producer, baby, because she's busy with school. Um, David, one of the things that I did in preparation for for tonight's show and. You guys are here for the first time. I always try to prep and make sure I sound a little bit like I know what I'm talking about, even when I make shit up. So I did a little (laughs) bit of research, and I was Mm -hmm. telling Kathy, David, and Veronica that I went onto the web, and I typed in death penalty proponents, right? And something interesting called the prodeathpenalty.com popped up. Wow. For you listeners out there, I'm going to leave it to you. You guys go to that website and tell me what you think, because I want to find the folks from Pennsylvania who put that website together and beat the shit out of them. But, you know, information is freedom. Information is free. As our man who is the freedom of information advocate who was here previously, our board of director and the interim director of the Police Advisory Commission, Mr. What's his name? Kelvin Anderson. Kelvin Anderson said freedom is power. So God bless you, Kelvin. The people from ProDeathPenalty.com. What's wrong with you? And before she goes on, I just want to remind phone everyone numbers. of our phone number. I've been holding up signs, phone you numbers, know phone I hate numbers. Cards. <laughs> if you want to call in to join the conversation, 215-609-4301. Text line. And that number again is 215-609-4301. You can call. You will be on air. You can text this in if you don't want to be on air and you want to be a little bit. Um, you know, you don't you don't want to be out there. Our text line. Wow. Hit us up on it. Facebook for the people law and plain language. Tweet me at Deborah Rennie Law. Email for the people at Deborah First question I'm going to shoot is goes to Miss Black. Miss Black, what is your personal opinion of the death penalty? For it or against it? Why? 
Um, and why not? I'm not for it. And tell me why. I'm not for it because I don't think any human should have the right to take another human's life. Plain but simple. the people that get convicted and go to death row have taken somebody else's life. Yeah, they didn't have the right either. That's why they're convicted. But they ought to be put under the jail. They're going to die there anyway. Why kill them early? Let them suffer. Dr. Producer, baby, what's your opinion? There she goes. She's the prosecutor. She said, everybody, <laughs> she said you steal from McDonald's. Kill them she ten goes to jail for 20 years. Well, as a spiritual person. Oh, my God. I'm scared. Be scared, everybody. Be I scared. agree with Black. He took the words right out of my mouth. I don't yeah. think that you have, as a human, I don't have the power um, to take someone else's life. I just don't have that power to do that. Just like it's illegal to do, it's immoral to do, I don't have that power, and I don't think that anyone has that power to do that. But Deb and I were watching over the weekend some show. It was last night on Identification Discovery. The title of the show is Very Bad Men, and it purports to be a series about serial killers and some of the worst of the worst among us. Mm -hmm. This particular killer back in 1969 was sentenced to death and he was tagged by the media as the broomstick killer. He was convicted of killing three youngsters and beating them to death with a broom. Went to death row in 1969. I don't know what happened, but in 1982, not only did he get off death row, he was paroled to the streets. Because of overcrowding in prisons, they said. uh, Yeah. He he ended up killing (laughs) three women. He he, he killed three women, brutally, brutally attacked them, and went off, and we both looked at each other and said, wow, death penalty. I still stand by, but it's things like that that give me pause, but I still have to stand in. I don't think that we have the right to take another's life. Bottom line, I'm against it. Before I reach out to Veronica and... Kathy and David, which I hope I know what their responses are. If not, it'll be an interesting show. That much more interesting. (laughs) For those of y'all that know me, my background starts from 17 to 27 in the Army. From 27 to probably 34, 35. Corrections in Alaska, security, and ultimately federal law enforcement. And that's what led me to go to law school. The impetus for me going to law school was working for immigration as a federal law enforcement officer. And the Department of Justice is the biggest Civil rights violator I've ever seen in my m- life. I Very mean, it good. Was atrocious. Mm-hmm. So I went to law school with the thought of being an immigration lawyer and fell in love with criminal law, and here I am. So having said all that, Deborah, the person who started in the foster care system and all that nonsense, was a death penalty proponent. One hundred percent straightforward. An eye for an eye, a life for a life. That's how all my foster parents baptized me and all that nonsense. I swear to God, y'all, I was baptized seven times. <laughs> That's why my ass is a heathen now. <laughs> I'm sorry, where was I going? Anyway, <laughs> I, as Debbie the person, I am against the death penalty. And I'm against it only because of my foray now into the criminal justice system, being a part of it, seeing the horrible errors that human beings are are a part of. You understand? All the tainted evidence, the prosecutorial misconduct, the redneck, racist, prejudiced officers of the law, officers of the court. And so long as that element is involved, the human element, the death penalty should be abolished, period. And what's interesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are the experts, Mm -hmm. as a supposed superpower, we're the only one that still has the damn death penalty. 
Yes, that's right. I mean, you have Iran, Iraq, all those other sort of out there Muslim countries who mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. But hell, you can get stoned to death over there for adultery. So do we want to be compared with them? That's pretty damn scary. So I'm going to go around the room at this point, and I'm going to start with Veronica and end with David. Tell us two things. One, your personal opinion about the death penalty. And two, is there some personal experience that led you to that position, or that's just how you was raised, okay? Starting with Veronica Castellanos. Castellanos. Are you Puerto Rican? I'm Mexican. What the fuck? Oops. <laughs> I've never seen white girls. Mexicans. Yes, my dad's from Jalisco. And That's it's why. Okay. Yeah, but my mom's from Chihuahua. So Get like, out! A little bit of both. Indigenous. Wow. And you speak Spanish. You speak Castilian Spanish, too. That's even more impressive. A little bit. <laughs> I'm not fluent, but I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm okay. learning. Okay. Castilian Spanish, for those of y'all that don't know and give a shit, is the actual <laughs> Spanish. kind of like the King's English versus American English. We know that the Boricuas, uh, Puerto Ricans especially, tend to speak their own breed of Spanglish. So, Veronica, what were my two, what were my rules you're supposed to do? What are you supposed to tell us? She didn't forget our look at her. I don't know. That's okay. You're in good company. I always forget. You're supposed to tell us your personal opinion about the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And what, if any, personal experience led you there or if that's just who you are and what you're about. This is Veronica, guys. She is a program assistant with Witness to Innocence. Go, girl. Hi, everybody. Um, my personal opinion about the death penalty is that it should not it should not be instated. I don't believe in the death penalty. I don't believe in taking somebody else's life. I believe that even the risk of losing an innocent life in on death row is a travesty and it shouldn't it should be taken out of this country and I believe that or the way I was raised, it had never been a big topic of discussion within my family. But the first time I was really introduced to it was when I saw a film, and it was called The Life of David Gale. And it was about this man. I saw that. Very powerful. It's an amazing film. What and The Life of David Gale. That was awesome. Where he set himself up. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's an amazing film, and it just goes to show you about how the justice system in this country is, is awful, and it doesn't treat people right, and it doesn't give people fair trials, and and it's just, it's an awful system, and I really want it to be taken out. Thank you for that long opinion. No, it's Veronica. okay, and I just have to totally add that it. that um, Black's mom sent a text message and said that Deborah needed a little soap for that mouth. I am working on it. I am working <laughs> on it. I am working on it. Please. Mom, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me, and hang with me tonight because it's going to be on. <laughs> this is Kathy. What's the rule, Kathy? I'm director of marketing and outreach at Witness to Innocence. I work directly with the exonerees uh, and with David. Okay, am I talking close enough there? Yes. Okay, thank you, Renee. Uh, I just wanted to say one thing because y'all mentioned about, you know, how we as human beings don't have the right to take another's life, even if they've committed a heinous crime. I just want everybody out there to know when the state executes someone, the coroner will issue a certificate of death, and the cause of death on that certificate will be homicide. And I think that's an interesting little factoid about the death. Wow, I'm sorry. I was I was doing something technical. On the certificate of death, it says homicide? Yeah, cause of death, homicide after an execution. Wow. wow. Now, there's some trivia for you. Mm-hmm. Damn! 
Wow. Yeah. Who knew that? So does that mean that the, that the coroner and the DA should be indicted? Wow. Mr. David Love, yes, executive yes. director of Witness to Innocence. Tell mm-hmm. us your thoughts, my friend. Well, I think there are a lot of reasons to be against the death penalty. It's against international law. I don't want to hear all that. Uh, I want to it... hear your personal opinion first. <laughs> <laughs> My personal opinion is that the death penalty really reflects a history, a long history of racial violence and lynching in this country. And I think that's why it's so popular in certain segments of the population, because, you know, it's, it's the type of thing that a lot of people don't think about. They, it's this bloodlust that people have for executions. Um, it's shown that there's no deterrent effect with executions crime you know still goes on it's it's this need that people have and i really think that it reflects this long history in this country of dehumanization of poor people people of color uh just a normalization of violence how do you respond to folks like those um individuals on prodenpenalty.com and other individuals who who say something like this and i'm merely paraphrasing so stay Mm -hmm. with me okay sure they're sick and tired of the opponents of the death penalty throwing things out like social class, racial disparity, um, all those things that, according to them, have improved in our society. And how dare us continue to rely on and use that as a reason to stop the death penalty, which, in their opinion, serves a, a more of a purpose than we're all willing to admit. How do you guys respond to that? Don't everybody throw shit at me one person at a time. Veronica, how do you respond to that? She's like, bitch, it ain't my turn. Well, did I say that out loud on the radio? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Deborah. Can you repeat that question No, again? because I don't know where the hell it came from. <laughs> <laughs> David, did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. Please respond. I, I did, but did I don't know if I can repeat I it. Paraphrase, paraphrase that. Um, the people who say, you know, we don't care about the, the racial or class because that, to them, that's no the longer legitimate reasons for mm-hmm. saying that the death penalty is not applied evenly. I mean, all them, all those folks, the stuff I read a little bit tonight and stuff I've read over the years because I've been interested in this sort of this issue in particular, say that they're sick and tired of the opponent, proponent, excuse me, the opponents of the death penalty using things like social class, racial class disparities, racial discrimination and the like to say that the only reason why the death penalty is uneven and unfair is because of those issues. So how do you guys respond to that? Is that in fact the case? Or, or are they just as ignorant as I think they are and they're just not willing to see the forest through the trees, so to speak? Well, I think they are as ignorant as you think they are. Uh, just look at the statistics you know, over the past 40 years. Since if I wanted to pull up those stats, where would I go? Oh, you could go to the uh, Death Penalty Information Center. DeathPenaltyInformationCenter.com since 1973, 140 people have been released from death row wow. because they were found to be innocent. Wow. And of that group, about two-thirds were people of color. Wow. Um, and you you, you can't make staggering. this up. That is staggering. Kathy is on the edge of her seat. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> she like, my turn. Well, no, that's just what I was going to say. The facts don't bear them out, and David has... You know, David is um, elaborating on that. So, you know, what, okay, what strikes Kathy, baby, me... Hold on for a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kathy, don't be afraid of the mic. It just wants to caress you. <laughs> 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 it 
So I have a point to make. I want to remind folks of our phone number, 215-609-4301. We want to hear your opinion. But years ago, someone asked me my opinion on the death penalty, and I said, I'm against it. And they said, well, suppose someone did something and killed your child. And it was a tough question then, but now I've, you know, I've, I've thought about it and I constantly think about it because I have a child and after watching that show last night and the gentleman who killed three young ladies who was eight people, all my daughter's age, and she lives 500 miles away, it's like, oh, shoot, she needs to come home. Oh, wait a minute, no, I don't want her to come home, but okay, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> the point is, what happens to the healing? If I carry this bitterness, well, I want to see them die. I want to see them suffering. How is that? Well, I know how it is, but it's getting in the way of my healing. There's something to be said about forgiveness to move on, and it has nothing to do with the other person, but it has to do with your healing and your growth so that you can go on. So it's not about this, this thing. So if you think that way, that by killing them, it's going to make you feel better. It's not going to do a darn thing for you. Mm-hmm. Forgiving that person so that you can move on is what's really going to help. Yes, that's a good point. How do you guys respond to this quote, and I'll tell you who it's from after I say it. How come life in prison doesn't mean life? Until it does, we're not ready to do away with the death penalty. Stop thinking in terms of punishment for a minute and think in terms of safeguarding innocent people from incorrigible incorrigible murderers. Jesse Ventura ain't got time to bleed. David, what's your response to Mr. Ventura? Mm, My response to that is, uh, well, first of all, I have a problem with life. Uh, I mean, in some cases, life is not even an appropriate crime. Uh, I mean, if if you say that death should be the appropriate sentence for someone who murders, then I guess you would say that everybody should be executed. But the fact is, is that only certain people are executed. And it generally is because they killed or are accused and convicted of killing a white person. Thank you for that, David. David's for those of y'all that don't know, David's also Esquire, but he's got a lot more letters behind his name than I do. He went to Oxford. <laughs> I'm sitting here hoping some of his brilliance just kind of rubs off on my ass and takes my <laughs> desire to cuss away. Psych. So, David, let's tell the folks a little bit about the. I know that not all 50 states have the death penalty. Most, a lot have abolished them. Right. Illinois, for example, had the moratorium and it's still in place. Correct. That's right. Maryland had one, and uh, redneck governor just took that moratorium away, and they back to killing folk, right? Well, uh, Maryland actually, uh, well, they still have it, but they're on the verge of trying to turn it around. So the normally the states who have the death penalty, and it's still in effect, tell us what are some of the sort of conditions, ripe conditions for that state to seek the death penalty? What sort of cases do they seek the death penalty for? What are the um, requirements? Mm-hmm. And I'll add to that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, just to give an example, Texas. You, where- Texas will <laughs> kill your ass for walking across the street at 6 o'clock at night and you're black. So let's be real. I'm yes. just playing. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, when you- or kill your ass if you walk across the street with a white woman and you're with a Spanish man. Because that's illegal. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> or maybe even that. Even Maybe not even that much. Um, you, you look at a state like Texas where... Uh, Certain cities, like Houston, where you find most of the executions, and actually where you find the DA seeking the death penalty the most times. And that really speaks to the discretion that the prosecutors have. Um, That's why you'll have some counties, 
just like a handful of counties really in this country where most of the death penalty cases are being uh, tried. And that's because uh, it's just it's arbitrary. It's a free for all. Generally speaking, though, those who start out with a sort of generic scheme, if you will, for lack of better better terminology, have certain requirements that they're going to be requiring before they can seek a cap for they can call it a capital case. For example, right, right. the killing of a child under the age of 12, for example, mm-hmm. in some sort of heinous act like rape or something like that, mm-hmm. or the killing of a police officer on duty True. in pursuit of his or her job, notwithstanding whether that police officer is corrupt or all the other things or committing a crime in the process of another felony that's also in those states, the felony of the highest degree, whether it's a first-degree felony in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Class A felony in New York, Class A felony down in Texas, and, and like. So, guys listening, we're not just saying that there's no sort of scheme that they use, but what David's saying, and I agree wholeheartedly with, is that even though they have the death penalty on their books, and by their books I mean statutes, there's statutes and there's rules that allow prosecutors to decide when and if they're going to use the death penalty based on what the state's position is, and the legislature sets that up. But these prosecutors are given discretion, and they can find a case, for example, you're going into a bank, you're going to go, let me, let me go back. We had a killing here in Philadelphia, and I can't remember how long ago it was. Those of you out there, don't, don't be mad at me. An officer heard a robbery at a Dunkin' Donuts. Y'all remember this case? Yeah. And he walked in on the robbery. The young man turned around, saw the officer, and freaked out. He acted on, on reflex. We, we, we know that he didn't intend to kill him, but he killed him. That's the sort of case that the district attorney has the discretion to seek the death penalty. In another case, an officer went to a bar to answer a robbery by shotgun. He's coming out the back of the bar. The guy with the shotgun is coming around the bar. He heard the officer say, police, stop. He pulled that shotgun, trained it on that police officer, and intentionally fired that gun. Are the circumstances the same in both cases? And should both cases allow the DA to use discretion to seek the death penalty? For those, everybody in this room right now are all anti-death penalty folks. Let's change our hats, for example. For, for a minute, y'all, don't kill me, all right? <laughs> Let's pretend that we are thinking about whether or not the death penalty applies. Which of those two instances would be more, in your opinion, more likely to allow the death penalty? I say neither, once again. Only because if you're going to base it solely on the fact that he's an active duty police officer, what makes him more important than everyday Schmo mm-hmm. or Babette or Joseph or someone else is killed around the way? What do you guys say around the room? Renee, she's like, Deborah, I have no idea what you just said. Now, you know, I wasn't really listening all the way, but I do have a comment. I said earlier that I don't believe in the death penalty. and I know I'm going way to the left. Um, she's shaking her hair. Yeah, because you don't have that right. But the other thing is suppose... They're innocent. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the whole jewelry thing. She does this when she's not listening and she just makes up her (laughs) own rule and likes to go down her own route. But it's interesting, though. It it, it is, but not this time. Okay. (laughs) All right. Miss Black, baby girl, what's your thoughts? I'll say um, that the death penalty would not be appropriate in neither case because it's not like the guy that robbed the bar came out and said, I'm going to rob a bar and shoot a cop. Or it's not like the guy that robbed the Dunkin' Donuts said, I'm going to go rob a Dunkin' Donuts and kill a cop. Their intentions were not to kill. That's just how the events changed, and that's what happened. How and can, and I didn't hear the question. The guy with the shotgun, though. And here's where the difference is. Let's be real here for a minute, y'all. In our show, one of the things we do 
is we break the law down in plain language, and we're always real. Sure. We know the dude with the shotgun saw him, heard him say cop, intentionally trained that shotgun on him, and pulled that trigger. That was an intentional act, not a reflex. He yeah. intended to do that. I agree with you in saying maybe his intent when he went to the bar to rob them was not yeah. to do nothing sure but didn't, rob didn't them. I think I was going to end up killing the cop at the end of the night. But he could have not pulled the trigger on that shotgun oh, like absolutely. he didn't pull the trigger in the bar. But I, but I do have a comment, though. And I listened to Black Black's answer, and I'm trying to figuring out what the question was. But even if they <laughs> did go in there premeditated, you still don't have the right to take their life. David? Mm -hmm. Well, I agree that uh, there shouldn't be execution. should be death penalty under right, any circumstances. Damn it, play my game. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> play my game, please. Oh, I'm sorry. We had to choose if one. There are any proponent, if there are any opponents out there, strike that. I'm, I'm <laughs> any proponents of the death penalty, please I think call. they're afraid to call in. Don't be scared. You're on the phone. We can't hurt you. <laughs> All right, two one five six zero nine four three zero one. Even if you are opposed to the death penalty, like the rest of us are, reach out to us. Let us hear your comments. If you don't want to have your voice in the air when you call in, ask us not to put you on the air. Go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I was just saying that. Uh, I mean, I don't think the death penalty should be applied under either circumstance. But the fact of the matter is that in some jurisdictions, you know, you'll have a uh, uh, death penalty for one case, and in another jurisdiction, you won't. And, uh, you know, in reality, when you think about it, most murder uh, uh, cases are eligible in the end for the death penalty. I don't know if I'll agree with most cases, but I'll agree with you. First degree homicides where there is an element of premeditation mm -hmm. could possibly be qualified as death cases, as they're mm -hmm. called in most mm -hmm. states. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to throw this question at the whole at everyone here. The law of this land, and our Supreme Court has said it. Let me see that paper. I took off some um, death penalty quotes, and this can be attributed to the great William J. Brennan, Supreme Court Justice. He said this in a judicial opinion on July 2nd, 1976. Death is not only an unusually severe punishment, unusual in its pain, in its finality, and in its enormity, but it serves no penal purpose more effectively than a less severe punishment. Therefore, the principle inherent in the clause that prohibits pointless infliction of excessive punishment when less severe punishment can adequately achieve the same purposes invalidates that punishment. This is a little trick, trivial question for the Oxford grad over oh, here. What case <laughs> was that said in? Oh. I'll give you a hint. I, oh, I, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Uh... 1972, two cases came out of the U.S. Supreme Court whereby yes, yes, yes. people say that they sure, abolished sure. the death penalty. Yes. They did not abolish the death penalty. They said that the death penalty as it existed at that time, relative and related to and respected to those states who were using it then, mm -hmm. was a violation of the Eighth Amendment's prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. Exactly. But they came out later on and said, but states... If you fix your death penalty, not make it so arbitrary in such a way that they can just make up rules about killing folk, then you can bring it back. And Justice Brennan, I don't remember which case came first, Griggs v. Alabama or the other one. Mm, uh, Furman. Furman. Yeah. And Justice Brennan said this in Furman. Mm. And he actually wrote the plurality opinion in Furman. It was mm -hmm. really interesting reading. 
So let's be real for for instance. The law of this land is the death penalty is legal. What are we? We're not going to abolish it altogether. Let's be real. We can't even get the fifty states to agree on the amount of tax to charge. For Christ's sake, all fifty states are not going to agree to abolish the death penalty. No. So we are going to write to a, a legislature of a state that we know is not going to abolish the death penalty. What do we offer them in order to ensure that the policy and the procedure involved is fair? Is there anything we can offer to say it's fair? What do we say? I say create a computer program, take the goddamn humans out of it, but that's not possible because the humans have to write the language for the computer program. What do we say, Mr. Love? Well, um, are you? To- well, I would say that you know the and, and the system it- is permanently like Impaired. irretrievably <laughs> broken, uh, and it's, it, there's just no way to fix it. No I, way to fix it. I gotta say, my brother, fifteen percent of me after watching that broomstick killer, mm-hmm. look, I had to pray. Because I said, Lord, there might be some people we need to kill. (laughs) It got in the way and conflicted with the 85% of me that is totally against the death penalty. Mm -hmm. However, I think that if we spend, uh, us opponents of the the death penalty, if we spend more time talking to these legislatures in language that they understand, perhaps then we'll be able to reach out to them. Oh, sure. So let me ask you guys in the movement this question. Mm -hmm. Though the, the Geneva Convention has... Um, the, the nations that are a part of the Geneva Convention have put out statements against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. What have we used, have we relied in any way on their statements, on their declarations, in order to present or create some manner of a declaration for all of us against it to present to those states who have death penalty laws on the books now and who, like Texas, kills somebody every, what, two minutes or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, right. actually, the... Um... I threw a lot at y'all. They were like, hey, this ain't supposed to be, this supposed to be fun. You know, actually, the UN is pushing for a worldwide moratorium in the in the next uh, few years. And who's pushing it? Uh, well, not the U.S. <laughs> the, the U.S. The, the UN Secretary General wow. and the uh, the uh, the Human Rights Commissioner. Okay. Um, I find that in this country, people, uh, elected officials in particular, are not <laughs> swayed by international pressure at all um, because we think we're the international police exactly exactly we are the moral police of the world yes and hypocrites japan too. stop killing your <laughs> students <laughs> in tiananmen square alabama state police beat the shit out that black boy he ain't supposed to be there sorry go ahead no, no, that's right <laughs> yeah um i think that what we have to do is appeal to some lawmakers by taking a look at fiscal policy you know the death penalty is expensive uh it's not working uh, there are, you know, there's a backlog of people on death row, which I think is a good thing because I don't want people to be executed. But, um, you know, taxpayers are not getting the bang for the buck. Uh, the system just isn't doing what people thought it was supposed to do. And that's why you're seeing in, in some states they are using this argument that it's too expensive. It's cheaper to put people it's in prison. It's cheaper to keep her. It, it's like the song goes. Don't the married <laughs> men say that to their, to their boys when they're out talking? I want to divorce her. No, I'll be. It's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> I think that was a song <laughs> from a few decades ago. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to take a really quick break to get revved up and come back. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk more about what um, we think the 
best course of actions are to take to sort of reach out and sort of influence those other states and those legislatures of those, those states who have the active death penalty. I have a few more um, little skits I'm going to throw at our guests here in the studio, and then we're going to spend a few minutes having Mr. Love tell us about Witness to Innocence, and of course, you know our girl Black got something special for us. For Come sure, on back. Sure. Thanks for joining us. Come and, right and, back. And Pennsylvania, kind of what we're doing in Pennsylvania with the death penalty. I think you kind of skipped over we that. We suck. <laughs> Enough said. What's up, what's up? This is Deborah Rainey, the compassionate lawyer, bringing you For the People every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on gtownradio.com.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I'm sorry, Deborah. Um, that was Charday, and that it's was Charday. Okay, um, love is stronger than pride. Um, on the break, Chardet. I got a few text messages from some folks who have some opinions. But they too skirt to call in. Don't be skirt. Well, that's okay. I got some opinions, and if I can just find them on my phone again. While Renee's looking for the Texas Black has one that someone sent her. Go ahead, Black. Yeah, I got a message. This one says... Uh, she don't have her glasses, dummy. <laughs> That's okay. So I'll, I'll do mine in the, in the meantime. I have one from Monique who says Bernice. that... Hi, Monique. She is in between. If it were her family you that was hurt by someone... Life. You're in between listen, the listen, no, she's... A, <laughs> <laughs> she's torn if it's my family member that was hurt by someone I probably want them dead but God says no man has authority to take another's life where is that the Old Testament or the New Testament 
We got a caller. Caller, caller. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Thank you for calling for the people. Who's this? This is This is Leslie. Hi, Leslie. How are you? I'm well. You have an opinion for us on this death penalty issue? I do. Mm. I actually am a proponent of the death, death penalty. Okay, and tell me why. Well, um, I think there are a number of uh, reasons why there should be the death penalty. Okay. Um, I think that if there is a heinous crime that is committed, something like rape, um, then that's that's one reason. I think another reason would be if recidivism is, is probable. And also, if there's an orgy of evidence uh, in cases like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, where you actually have uh, bodies or, you know, when there's no discrepancy as to whether or not this person committed these crimes okay. or, you know, whether they will do it again. And can I ask you a question, Leslie? And, and I'm, I'm in no way taking anything away from your position because, I, like I said on the air, 15% of me maybe perhaps is with you. When you said orgy of evidence, who's going to determine the reliability of that evidence? Because we damn sure can't rely on the system as it is now to do that. Well, so that's what's true. your what's your what's your offering for that? Well, when I say an orgy of evidence, I mean you you have a circumstance where anyone you don't have to have any law experience to actually know that this person is guilty. For example, in the case in Delaware where the uh, pediatrician had been. Uh, abusing these children for years wow. and he actually had years worth of, of, of recordings of this wow is what i'm talking about wow. so this wouldn't be a situation where okay. um this person raped someone one time or um this person committed one or or maybe two crimes this would be a situation where the evidence was so abundant uh and this person has a history of, of doing something that chances are they will continue to do, okay. uh, as I said, a situation okay. where recidivism is, is probable. So you'll also agree then that that's going to be that rare circumstance, right? Oh, sure. So Absolutely. then that also suggests um, that the use of the death penalty, if if we follow your line of thought, should be in those very rare cases, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I actually, in my heart, I believe that um, it should be more than that. Okay. However... I think that because our justice system is so unjust that, as you all have uh, stated before, you just can't rely on lawyers. You can't rely on police officers. You certainly lawyers, can't rely on Lawyers, we suck, judges. don't we, Leslie? We suck, don't we? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, you're calling from South Carolina? I am not. Okay. I'm, I'm just being from, nosy. Uh, Pennsylvania. I want to say thank you for giving us your thoughts, and thank you for being brave enough hearing the Motley crew in this studio and our, our strong opinions against the death penalty. I really appreciate your call. God bless you, Leslie. Thank Ladies you and gentlemen, let's give it up for Leslie. Oh! Okay, Kathy was about to blow the hell up when Leslie was giving her opinion. Everyone that calls the studio, please know we are going to give you and your opinion all the respect you're entitled to, but also know if you've listened to the show, I'm going to get a little in your face. I'm not trying to change your opinion or be disrespectful in any way. So please feel free to call. Kathy, you have got to respond because you was telling David to respond. Go, go. <laughs> I couldn't hear Leslie's opinion, and I'm not ready to blow up Aunt you, Leslie, I swear. 
But here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people feel like you that we should only have the death penalty maybe in those rare, rare cases where it's unequivocal evil that has been committed. Everybody knows it. It's 100% the evidence shows that. But here's the problem. That will never happen with our system the way it is because we like to think that the death penalty is only reserved for those most heinous of crimes. But in fact... Uh, the reality is quite the opposite. You will often find people who do commit those really heinous evil crimes, and for whatever reason, they cut a deal with the prosecutor, etc., etc. They get life in prison or even less than that, while others who commit crimes that are much less worse than those most heinous of crimes, uh, they will get the death penalty. And that happens all too often. That's all. Let me ask my folks here in the studio with me, listening what Kathy just said, taking in what Leslie, our caller, said, listening to that 15% of me that maybe perhaps is still unsure, and thinking about Mr. Um, Calvin, the freedom of information advocate. Aren't we all more opposed to the process of the death penalty and not the death penalty itself? Are we opposed to the process thereof and what our society uses, right, in order to sort of put that... What do you mean process? The death penalty process itself. And by that I mean the fact that the DAs can make a decision what case qualifies as death or not. The fact that we know going in, sometimes the evidence isn't collected in the most moral way, right? Sometimes the folks who are involved in the collection thereof, the prosecuting thereof, the police officers and all those things, have other issues, right? So it seems to me all of us are challenging that process. It has nothing to do with it for me. It has nothing to do with it for me at all. It has nothing to do with it. Okay. Because even if all that were... The act of killing and who's to say that those 12 people got it right? One of the questions, one of the responses that I got back from um, what your views on the death penalty was, sometimes they get it wrong. That came mm-hmm. from Jay. And the mm-hmm. fact that you could ever get it wrong is the scary, scary, scary process. So I have That's some right. more. Um, so that was one that kind of tied into what you were saying. Sometimes they get it wrong. Another one says, I think that when so-called sane folk just kill innocent people for no reason, they, that they, then they deserve death. But yeah, if they're innocent, then they should be removed from death's, death's row. Unfortunately, death row, I'm, re- I'm reading here. So I'm reading it incorrectly. Um, but you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, if they're innocent. Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's qualify this notion of sane, right? That's this legal animal, right? Well, competent, not competent is a legal animal. But sanity in, in and of itself is subjective. Until we can figure out how to deal with that, I don't think that well, has any. Well, I don't in know. It. I got some family members that are in the crazy house, and I, and I can tell you, <laughs> without a medical degree, but they're crazy person, as a loon. One person's crazy is another person's artiste, right? Let's be real. Correct. How many of the world well well-known artists, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci? Well, I mean, just just going back to the first one, I think when so-called sane folk just kill innocent people, who's to say they're sane? Who's to say they did it? And who's to say the people they killed were innocent? Well, I'm not sure well, that one. Quiet to go that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, you can't have it. Here, I mean, but the, that eyes is big, the size of saucers. This, this answer, <laughs> this answer is kind of in this perfect universe. Sure, sure that sure. the bad people stand over here, the good people stand over here. Mm. Um, That's I'm that gonna, commercial, the the super pages commercial. You ever see that? 
the dude who's that super professional wears that big S on his cape, and it's it suggests that if you if you advertise in the super yellow pages, you'll be the super businessman and wear that invisible super cape. That's what it seems like folks like him are suggesting, that there's a way that we can meet out sane from insane, for example, mm. good evidence from bad evidence. I think so long as a human factor is involved, the process that leads up to the death penalty is what's whack and what's effed up. David? Yes, yes. And, and uh, just to uh, make a comment on what the... Uh the previous caller said about an orgy of evidence i mean there are many cases i mean some of our uh, you know a number of our members who were exonerees they were convicted uh you know based on an orgy of evidence uh cases where there was uh so much evidence that was fabricated manufactured uh, coerced eyewitnesses coerced into making falsified identifications So, um, Leslie, we appreciate your bravado, and we appreciate you standing on your principles and giving us a call. Ladies and gentlemen, in two weeks, starting on September 18th, we're going to be going to one and a half hours. woo And we're going to be honoring an exoneree whose name is, and, and correct me if I pronounce this wrong, Suja Graham or Suja Graham? Suja. Suja Graham. Where's Suja from? Uh, actually, Tacoma Park, Maryland. By wow. Way of California, and by way whose of death row was he on? California. The San California Park. death row. Suja Graham, if you're out there listening, we are looking forward to your story, my brother. Black and I have. To, oh, that wasn't for me to read. No, oh, my mind, goodness. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Black. What's your text you got? Uh, I kind of lost it, but it said something along the lines of I don't agree with the death penalty because I personally know some. A young lady that's carrying felonies that she's not guilty of, which goes on to say, again, that you never know if this person's actually innocent or not. And I think the uh, other half of the text says something like Moses said, we couldn't do that anyway. Who's Moses? <laughs> this is the character it's in the, the Bible. Bible. The old dead man? <laughs> this is Moses. Who's part of the Red Sea with his beard? No, and, it was, it was the stick. <laughs> and who was played by Charlton Heston? I don't or Charlton Heston played him. So yeah, but Hess is just as old as Moses, wasn't he? So, so we're suggesting that if our what if our criminal justice system was perfect and not as tainted as it is? Before we say that, we have to suggest and think about what makes our criminal justice system perfect. Just taking the truth. human element out of it. Truth ain't got shit to do with anything. Ask any real trial lawyer. The truth ain't got shit to do with it. Truth is what the hell I say the truth is on my client's position, and the truth is what the hell the DA says for his or her position. Well, what if truth did it, though? But what the truth I got to do with it, though? If, if, if Our system of justice is not designed for truth. Our system of justice is designed for fact-finding. There's a big difference. And, Brother Attorney, Absolutely. do you agree with me or disagree with me? Oh, yes, because we don't know if it happened we unless were we were there. there. <laughs> exactly. So I don't understand how they got the death penalty to even be created with so much evidence against the because our so supreme, many mistakes. Our Supreme Court said that even before the other amendments after the first 10 were created, it all applied to just the federal government, right? And then they said, oh, wait a minute, we got all these other states now. We have one body, Washington, D.C., that's going to govern everybody else. We have to have a way of applying this to the states, and we got to give them some rights so they don't secede from us like they did with the Civil War. So they passed the 14th Amendment and said, you know what, states, do what we say, do. However, 
We're going to make exceptions to the laws that we make so that you can exercise your police powers, the powers that you need to exercise to care for your peoples, as long as you stay within what we've already set, the parameters we have set. And the death penalty is one of them. We've been killing people since the beginning of damn time. Of course. They could kill us when we were slaves just for, for sticking our tongue out at them and being disrespectful. Right. Hell, like I said, some modern countries in, over in, in the Muslim countries can, can stone a woman for goddamn adultery. So... Killing has been, state-sponsored killing has been around for a very, 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 very long time. And I just don't know that the proponents or the opponents thereof have the right ingredient to convince the other side to come over to their side. And I am going to stand on that. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but until we can come to some, if, if, if we prop- opponents were... were Strong enough at what we what we believe in, and able to convince those other folks to come on to our side. We, we need to do that. Once mm-hmm. we get more of them over here with us, the rest is going to fall into place. Mm-hmm. Is that ever going to happen? No. As long as we have Republicans and Democrats, haves and have-nots, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what a capitalist society is all about. So we got to deal with it and deal in it, right? David? Yeah. Well, I would say that our organization, Witness to Innocence, is doing what very nice segue is doing what we can to try to change public opinion. Tell us about what Witnesses to Innocence is all about really quickly. Yes, it's a national organization consisting of exonerated death row survivors and their families. It's the only organization in this country based here in Philly. Wow. Philly got it going on to see the (laughs) Liberty. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And our members, uh, they do two things. They go around, uh, around the country. They speak to churches, speak to universities, speak to community groups, they telling about their stories. They have a radio personality voice. Anybody ever it really does. Oh, thank you. He really sounds does. like I a used DJ to... I've heard before. I've <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I done a little radio. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy you and I can't stand that's in Philadelphia on DAS in the afternoon? I'm not he's sure if he's in Philly. He's such a misogynistic yeah, prick. Yeah. That's not me. What is his yeah, name? I know. The light skin guy. What's his name? Okay, sweetie, we, we, we have a few more <laughs> Sorry, seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our members also work with uh, state abolition groups around the country, working on campaigns to and he try said to abolition groups, y'all, not abolitionists. Yes, <laughs> which is not much difference, though. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, baby, I have a, I have the, the. the it's okay. span of a five-year-old. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, you know. All right, go ahead, David. No, but I was just saying that um, our members go around the country. Uh, they're in states around the country, including California, which is the now. The death penalty, right? Yeah, they have the death penalty, and there is a ballot initiative. It's going to be um, on the ballot in November where people are going to be able to vote the death penalty up or down. Now, if California goes, that'll be a quarter of the nation's death row population. Wow. Erased. So we're we're hoping uh, well, that they got the Terminator as the next governor. It ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we'll see. I'll it's gonna... be back. <laughs> I want to say from my heart, and hopefully oh, from the hearts of my for the people family, all those folks involved with a part of um, witness innocence. God bless you. Sure. We thank you that you exist, so that we can let the rest of our country know what your plight is and what you're about. Go ahead. So um, I know that in some of our communications and getting this set up, there was something about the status of kind of where Pennsylvania stands in all of this and kind of an upcoming. Can you tell us about that? Pennsylvania upcoming? has not abolished the death penalty. 
There is no, no moratorium on the death penalty in Pennsylvania. Mm-mm. Fortunately, though, the two biggest cities that use the death penalty more than any other cities, Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, and Philadelphia, now have district attorneys who weigh things a lot more. Mm-hmm. If you look at the number of folks on death row in Pennsylvania, more of them, more often than not, are going to come from Philly because we're the biggest city in the state. Mm-hmm. The second biggest city where they're going to come from is that surrounding area of Allegheny County. So the, the, the short answer is there is a death penalty in Pennsylvania. It's not been abolished. There's no moratorium. They just don't use it as much. And because the plea bargain is a wonderful tool, particularly here in Philadelphia. To our Philadelphia District Attorney's Homicide Unit, to the Public Defender Special Defense Unit, God bless you for being able to work these things down, negotiate them down, and understand that life really is worth saving. Sure. David, Kathy... Veronica, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. To the people out there, the board members, the members, the volunteers, all of you involved with Witness to Innocence, thank you so much for being. We appreciate what you do. We hope you forgive the rest of our ignorance for putting you through what you went through. And my question to all of you, is there any sort of initiative for states to start paying for all this? Well, it's, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, that's something that we're working on. Some states, some states have compensation, but many do not. Most don't because they don't want people to know that they fuck up and have right. it out in the middle of the world. There you and go. And unfortunately, Eleventh Amendment gives them sovereign immunity to decide whether they're going to let themselves be sued or not. There you that's go. That's for another story. Renee, you have a text that you want to read? I do. And I, my question before I read this is: I wonder how many people who are for the death penalty have someone in their life that was touched by some violence or killed. something happened to them, or mm. something happened to them. And I say that because this one, and I usually don't like to read names of folks if I know them. And this one comes from my daughter, who's 25. I am a survivor of domestic Hi, violence. baby girl. Long before she was born, but she knows about it. She knows about it so that it, it be an and education. And her batterer is in prison doing life for having hacked up his mother a year after she gratefully got away from him. The 15% of me that's not sure if she's for the death penalty would pull the string on that son of my my bitch (laughs) personally. But I have forgiven because that's part of my group. But her response is, um, I'm against fully, but I would like them to be put away for life without getting the option of getting out early. And I know this is coming from a personal place. Mm -hmm. I want to have faith that Carl, that's my ex, um, won't be wandering around free from murder. If you plead, in, plead insanity, you stay there for life. Um, and I like hardcore prisons like Alcatraz where I could feel safe leaving them there. So I think that's all from an emotional place. Thank you, baby girl. Um, so again, and, and that's what made me think that how many people know someone um, or maybe heard of someone or just touched by something, you know, some news story, and it kind of makes you go that way. But I think it takes experiencing some tragedy on a personal level, to know that part of your healing is to forgive. Yes, yes. And and it was a big step for me to say, okay, I hope that doesn't mean I have to like this son of a gun. It's I can't hate them. Bitch. I can't hate them anymore, but I can dislike them a whole lot. But it was, it was the healing part of me forgiving. Mm-hmm. And as long as I had that little place that I had built a shrine and, you know, kept it flowering and protected it. And it was a place that I I kept that way. It was coming out in me. Mm. So, I mean, we have to break some of these cycles of abuse, whether it's physical abuse, whether it's incest, whether it's, I mean, a lot of these things happen 
on and on and on and part of so there's some healing that needs to be done in there somewhere I, I know that's probably a topic for another day but there's some healing that needs to be in there I think that there may be some numbers that I don't know if there's an, if there's any, any um, statistics or studies done I think you're right there is probably a percentage of folks who've been touched by it personally but I'm going to go out on a ledge here and say there's going to be more a higher percentage of folks who are what I was raised to be in my just tumultuous <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sorry, I didn't mean you. I just meant people. <laughs> in so. my upbringing, in the numerous foster homes, the military, they were ignorant. They, 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 I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Type people, we believe in rules, and we also believe, and if you break those rules, you suffer the I consequences. I two for a two, regardless mm-hmm. of what those consequences are. So I would say there's more folks. Less many folks who've been touched personally by the tragedy and more of those, those, those proponents of the death penalty, probably. Who are those law and order sort of folks? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, majority of them are probably Republicans because that's the party of me, for me, by me. Well, that's another story. And, and I know anyway, that Anyway, Kathy was falling off her seat to answer. They'd be all right. It's only a couple minutes yeah. after. They'd be all right. No, just to go back to what Renee was saying, just so people out there know that there are at least two Besides the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> two national organizations of murder victims family members mm-hmm. against the death penalty. So wow. those folks do wow. exist out That's there. Right. We work wow. with them. And we too. work with them. Yes. Wow. Yes, because wow. I think they That's understand the healing anybody the, that you know Ex- executions just perpetuate the cycle of violence. Right. And, 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 they, and it they, doesn't bring your loved one back. And there have been people, I've watched interviews, who said, I went there, I was expecting to feel this, and I didn't. I just witnessed someone dying. And how many people really get to see that, whether it's your loved one dying in your arms through natural causes or in a hospital, mm-hmm. to really watch someone go from living to dead and to watch the murder happen now that I know it says homicide on the death certificate. That's pretty out. Oh That's my pretty goodness. Um, yeah, that just blows me away. But um, How many of you guys ever watched the Law and Order, the original one? You guys ever watched that? Oh yeah. There was an episode where they actually went to an execution. Do you guys remember that episode? Yes, I do. And Jack and his I don't know which one of the ADAs was he sleeping with at that time. I don't remember which one it was. And two of the police officers, they came back, and that episode centered around all four of their reactions Reactions to having seen it. Mm -hmm. And it was the most interesting episode, I think. Jack just went, sat in the bar with his drunk ass, drank scotch all night, and told stories about his Irish father. But you can see that it really impacted him. Jill, on the other hand, went out and fucked everybody she could. Excuse me, quarter in a jar. <laughs> and the two police officers tried to act like it didn't impact them. They went to try to do their jobs. Both of them went, one to the crib, which is a little house in the police station, one back to his apartment, and all they did was cry. It was really, really interesting, this episode. And I, and I wish I remember what it was called. But Oh, it was called Witness Ex- Execution. If you have on demand, go home, type in Law & Order. Witness execution. Watch this episode. Even you folks out there who are proponents of the death penalty, watch this episode and see how it impacts you. And this is just TV. Imagine the real damn thing. Mm. Witness to innocence. All you folks out there, groups like the, like you out there, we want to thank you for being. We want to thank you for what you do. If folks want to reach out to witness for uh, witness to innocence, the website is what. The uh, website is www.witnesstoinnocence.org. And before we go, we want to turn it over to Black, a.k.a. The Broke Poet. For sure, for sure. Real quick before I get into my piece, um, Angel from North Philly brought up a real interesting point. She said, 
that here there's no self-defense law. So if she was to kill somebody in self-defense, could she get the death penalty? There is. She's wrong. There is. Pennsylvania does have self-defense. Okay. What about in places where there is no self-defense? There's no such thing. No? You are allowed to defend yourself. What what the states differ on is what is it that you're allowed to do to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. Texas, for example, you step on my property, I can shoot to kill. You know what I'm saying? Most other states, you can only meet that force with that force that's met with you. Someone comes at you with a rock. Can they kill you? Sure. Are you going to be okay shooting and killing them? If you got a good lawyer who can argue that, sure. Call if you, you're right? five foot five and he's six foot nine, see, I'm going to be mad if he's six foot nine and needs a rock. I'm going to call him a little bitch, but I digress. Sorry, go ahead, Mister <laughs> Paul. All right, this but one's... Angel, no, we do have self defense in Pennsylvania. This one is. And called... if you need to drag that bastard in your house, lock the door, then shoot. Her she did not say that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she did not say that. She fell, bumped her head, and I don't know, some stuff <laughs> fell out of her mouth. She didn't say that for real. It's cool. <laughs> This is not your average radio show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. This piece is called Guilty Until Otherwise. All right. Silver bracelets chain link to wrist contradicts the statement of innocent until proven guilty. If you ever been in a predicament where you were treated as convict before any conviction, just listen because you about to fill me. I'm so sick of this twisted shit they call justice, so on this one my mouth might get filthy. Regardless of what they try to portray, I know as well as they that when you get locked up, your ass is guilty. Until otherwise. Or supposedly until proven innocent. But I'm hella bet because evidence is tampered with and truth is irrelevant and judges and lawyers eat lunch together. But if you're wrongfully accused, that shit never makes the news and quite frankly, I'm far from fed up. Rather let down as I step up from the dream of the American dream. The illustrated democracy probably ran more like a dictatorship. Sometimes I feel as if Hitler had a say in this. And I try to paint the picture vividly as I'm saying this because as Americans, our only faith is in statistics. Your ass is guilty if your dark skin, low brim trousers hanging below your waistline. A quarter past nine, hooded sweatshirts walking through streets that are darkened. The reincarnation of a hate crime is displayed in two words, Trayvon Martin. Your ass is guilty if you fit the description. In this justice, there is no truth. And there were written guidelines we agreed to as the people, but what the hell does the Constitution constitute? Interpretations are made to reverse what we rehearse, leading to imprisoned innocence, untimely deaths. A guilt-written people oppress, depress, suppress, guilty until otherwise, until we die, or until someone takes witness, witness to innocence. Wow, that's what I'm talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, that is talent. That is an amazing piece. It was real, and it was right on time. Black, damn. How long did it take you to come up with that one? Well, if you ask my mom, I was writing in the living room right before I got here. Grief. <laughs> and that, was trying to that's get just raw freaking talent. Nice. And, and, and nice. it just makes me feel all warm. That's my baby girl. <laughs> that was fabulous. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, starting September 18th, the show will be moving from one hour to one and a half hours, 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. So those of y'all on CP time, you can catch us now. Secondly, don't forget September 18th, our special guest, will be Mr. Suja Graham, who, by the grace of God, escaped death row in California. He'll be here in the studios to share his plight with us. So we're going to ask you to keep out, keep a special lookout. Um, 
Renee keeps writing cards that say final. Who's final <laughs> Because words? you always say, if you had to leave us with something. And, oh, thank you. I was getting Oh, here. my goodness. David, Kathy, Veronica, if you guys had to leave the listeners with a short little nugget, right, to really make particularly those, up, those proponents of the death penalty stand up and listen, what would you say, Veronica, first? I would say that you really need to think about how the justice system has failed everybody who's been affected by it and to think about that one life is not worth losing. And, yes, that is it. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. <laughs> As um, exoneree Ray Crone says to folks when he speaks to them around the country, our knowledge of the death penalty is a while um, a mile wide and an inch deep. So I just want to say that, you know, hopefully we can all think just a little deeper no matter what side of the fence we're on on this issue. Thank you. Mr. Love. Yes, as a witness to innocence member, uh, exoneree by the name of Freddie Pitts once said, you cannot bring an innocent man back from the grave. And wow. I think that we have to question our systems we have to challenge them and realize that just because we grew up thinking one thing that doesn't mean that it's so and ladies and gentlemen we'd like to thank you for spending your time with us if you had a good time shoot us an email shoot us a text message those of you out there who are proponents of the death penalty ask yourself why those of you out there who are opponents of the death penalty ask yourself why and maybe one of you, one opponent, one proponent can get together and you guys can discuss your whys. And maybe then, once we get that real dialogue going, we can find a resolution that all of us can live with. Having said all that, God bless you. You've been listening to For the People Law and Playing Language on www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the what? Sound from Germantown. Say bye, family. We out. Yeah. Okay, that means everybody say bye. Bye. Later. provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.